Well, today we're starting a new series. I call it a mini-series because it's only three weeks long. It's called Membership Matters. And the first week today, we're trying to answer the question, uh, why join a church? Why membership? Why can't I just attend? Uh, why do I have to, like, become formal, get on the rolls? I mean, joining anything, membership, that's, that's yesterday, right? Next week, we'll... We'll try to answer the question, okay, so if I join Clearwater Church, what exactly am I committing to anyways? And then the third week will be, so who are these elders? Uh, What do elders do around here? And actually, that'll be September 11th, and on September 11th, we will actually install our first four elders, uh, which I'm super excited about, because that's a giant step forward for us uh, as a church into maturity. Remember, uh, we're only three years old. In fact, September is three years. And when we went to plant the church, the books advised, don't put formal leadership in place until year three uh, or until after three years. And that's also when you start membership. And so we're following their advice, but here we are, we're about to be, it's about three years. And so we will also begin this fall We're going to open up membership. So you have an opportunity to become charter members of Clearwater Church, which I think is so exciting. And and, uh, just praise God that what was uh, an idea three years ago is fast becoming a reality, right? Thank you for uh, joining me in uh, in making this this happen. So the question, today's, here's today's question. Uh, What I get a lot is, why can't I just attend church? I'll, I'll be in a journey group, I'll give, I'll serve, but why do I have to, like, sign on the dotted line? Why do I have to become a member? Uh, I just don't like that. Why is that necessary? Show me in the Bible where I have to do that, right? And so I want to, uh, today we're going to grapple with that question, and hopefully by the end you'll be convinced uh, that joining a church is actually a good thing for you and for the body of Christ and for the world around us. And hopefully, at the end of this series, you're going to be just can't wait to go, come on, let me join, please, please. And I'll be like, oh, well, maybe, okay. Well, we'll see if we can get there. First, some statistics. First, some statistics. So uh, religion, everybody agrees that religion is uh, on a uh, significant decline here in the United States, Gallup polls 2014, uh, they published some statistics from the last, uh, from a 20-year segment, 1994 to 2014. And so they asked Americans, uh, do you consider yourself religious? In 1994, 94% of Americans said, yeah, I'm religious. In 2014, 20 years later, it's 85%, a nine-point Uh, reduction in 20 years. That's shocking. Church attendance, similar decline. In 1994, uh, they were asked, do you regularly attend um, a a, a worship service? 62% said, yes, I regularly attend church. And then in 2014, 53%, another nine-point drop. And it's even worse, if I may use that word, It's even worse among millennials. Millennials, uh, those who were uh, 30 and under in 2014, uh, only 21% of millennials said that they attend church 
with regularity. Wow, 79% of young adults do not attend church with regularity. I mean, it's not part of their um, weekly pattern. They go sometimes, many of them, but only 21% with, with um, near-weekly uh, regularity. Membership with, in religious organizations is also way down. 1994, 69% of Americans were members of some uh, worship community. Not just Christians, you know, we're talking um, other religious communities as well. And in 2014, it was down to 59%, a 10% drop. And amongst millennials, uh, get this. So, um, amongst millennials, and now these are the millennials who say, I'm religious. I'm a religious person. And then they asked a follow-up question. Okay, um, do you consider yourself a strong member of your religious community? Only 37% of those people said yes. Which means 62% said, no, no. I'm religious, but I'm not, you know, I'm not really a strong member of my religious community. Though these statistics, this concerns me because the millennials inherit the church. You are inheriting the church right now. And, uh, and someday it's going to all, you know, it's going to be in your hands. And so it's a concern that we've got a, a lot of younger Christians who are pro the body of Christ, capital C, uh, pro the body of Christ, spiritual and global, but not all that enthusiastic and committed to the body of Christ, local, tangible, local church. And uh, I'm a churchman. Somewhere along the line, I concluded uh, the local church is the hope of the world, and it's worth my, my life to serve. I love the local church, and I want to convince you uh, that, uh, that it's, uh, it's a noble and a good thing to go beyond just attending, but to actually make a public commitment to a local body of Christians. Dave McFadden says this, Here's what it means to be a member of a church. To become a member of a church is to formally commit oneself. Okay? You make a formal commitment to an identifiable local body of believers who have joined together for specific divinely ordained purposes. I would like you to be wrestling over the next three weeks with the question, does God want me to become a member of Clearwater Church. I know, here's what I know. I know that if you attend a church that has membership, it is God's will for you to become a member. I don't know if it's God's will for you to become a member here at Clearwater Church. And that's what I'm asking you uh, to, to wrestle through. But what I'm confident of is that uh, you are going to be better served and you're going to better serve uh, the body of Christ if you remain here at Clearwater Church to actually uh, join, to become a member. All right, Mike, where in the Bible, where do you get this? Well, nowhere. I just completely make this up because, no. I do believe, now there's no command in the Bible, that there's no command in Scripture I can point to that says, you need to join a church, which means you've got to sign up on the dotted line and get on the rolls. 
But there are some New Testament church practices that I believe uh, not just suggest but recommend membership. That living these out, uh, membership certainly makes it uh, easier. So let's talk about that. I got three new three New Testament practices that recommend uh, church membership. And the first is this: New Testament churches disciplined their members including excommunicating the unrepentant. And how do you do that without membership? Let me read you a couple of scriptures. First one is Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 to 17, which everyone should memorize uh, because we all uh, need this advice. First couple of verses I, I'm just going to read it are not on the screen. If your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. That is such great advice. Uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have conflict with someone. <laughs> and it tells me how to deal with that. You go privately. You tell them what's, what's upsetting you. And if they respond, you've won your brother back. The relationship is restored. Awesome. And that's clearly a good thing. Verse 16, but if he does not listen... Take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. You're ramping up the pressure. Verse 17, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, by the way, I'm not, sometimes that might be public, but it might also just be you tell, you know, the leadership gets involved of the church. If he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Now, I don't imagine that the New Testament churches said, no Gentiles are allowed to come in, right? No tax collectors. I'm sure they said, sure, you can come and you can attend, right? I'm sure they wanted the Gentiles and the tax collectors to be in their church services so that they would become, fall underneath the conviction of the Holy Spirit and the preaching of the gospel and repent and become Christians. So, it's not that they're not allowed to attend, but they're no longer recognized as Christians, right? Because they have unrepentant hearts. They're being confronted by sin multiple times, and they're unrepentant. Boy, repentant heart is, a, is a, a, an indication of a, a regenerate spiritual heart. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul writes, Now I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since then you'd need to go out of the world. You know, I told you, I wrote you before, don't associate with sexually immoral people. I didn't mean the non-Christians. I didn't mean the people that are outside the church. Otherwise, you'd like have to go out of the world. They're everywhere. Verse 11, but now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother. I'm clarifying. What I meant was don't associate with the, the person who is your brother, who has the label Christian, or I would say even, even who is a member of your, of your body. Um, if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. So here, Paul has a clear sense of an insider and outsider, right? There are outsiders. We don't hold outsiders accountable to our, you know, Christian code of conduct. 
God will judge them. Yes, they're going to be judged, but it's, that's not our business. But, my, but if they're insiders, if they're members of the church, if they bear uh, our, our name, right, and then they begin to uh, live a life that's contrary to the, uh, to the standards of our community, well, you know, we, we need to correct that, and, and if they're unrepentant, purge the evil person from among you. We let them know you're now on the outside. Now, does it say the only way to accomplish this is by having membership roles and striking them off the membership role and saying, you know, hey, no, it doesn't say that. But uh, churches throughout the ages have, have found membership to, and having membership roles to facilitate this, right? It's kind of like, well, that makes it a little bit uh, clearer, a little bit, more, a little bit more helpful. In fact, in our litigious day and age, if you, if, if you practice church discipline with somebody who has never said, yes, I consider myself a part of the community, you actually run a risk. And you go in your discipline, and they're like, I never, signed, I never agreed to abide by the code of conduct of this community. I never agreed to submit myself to the leaders of, of this church. Who do you think you are, right? And so if, if nothing else, just for sort of legal protections, you want them to, you know, want somebody to say, yes, I am a part of this community. I agree. I understand what that means, what that requires of me. And then if there, you know, comes a need to correct, it's all above board. Everybody understands. So that's the first New Testament church practice that recommends membership. The second New Testament church practice that recommends membership is this. Uh, members submitted to leaders. Let me read two verses. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Can I say, by the way, I have only felt that. Uh, Thank you. I don't know if that'll last forever, but... uh, uh, I feel that from you guys. Uh, I feel respected. I feel esteemed. I feel loved. And thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So the early church had leaders. And everybody knew who the leaders were. And they knew, I am underneath the, these leaders. Okay, that's not, that's not body of Christ global talk, right? It's talking about a local community of Christians who have elected leaders, or somehow those leaders got into place, right? How do they get into place? How do, you, how do leaders get there? How do you perpetuate leadership? Well, who votes on that? Who gets to decide that, right? So churches throughout, uh, throughout uh, the ages have, have found uh, membership to make that, to facilitate that, right? If you're a member, you get a vote, the membership chooses, you know, the leaders. And uh, so, anyways, the fact that there are identifiable lead- leaders in a local com- church community and how that leadership uh, gets identified and put into, into positions of authority, uh, it recommends membership. Can it be done outside of membership? I'm sh- I know some churches that do it. But most, by the way, membership is not 
novel. Uh, membership is historical. It's standard. This is the way most, the vast, vast majority of churches, uh, certainly here in the United States, have done this for hundreds of years. Um, and I know that there are some churches that don't have membership, uh, but that, that's the novel, uh, just to clarify. All right, the final New Testament church practice that recommends membership is this. Leaders viewed themselves as accountable to God for, for the way they shepherded the flock. Hebrews thirteen seventeen again. Notice this part. Obey your leaders, submit to them, for they are, they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. What does it mean? It means that the, 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 the elders of a local church believe, know, that they have to give an account to God for the, for the way they cared for the people in their church, right? Someday I'm going to stand before God and, and say, and have to explain how well I cared for, for whom, right? That's the question. Am I responsible, you know, are the elders responsible for every person who ever darkens the door of a church? I'm sure there's a case for that, right? But so here's what leaders who are like, you'd imagine you're an elder and you're thinking, I want to know who I'm responsible for. <laughs> so let's get some membership roles. So when I'm standing before the Lord, I'm like, okay, I, we all agree. These are the people uh, that, that to who, for whom I am giving an account. And so again, this is a New Testament practice, church practice that has recommended, recommends membership. I like the way John Piper sums this up. Piper says, part of what it means to belong to the body of Christ is to belong to a body of Christ. When you become a Christian, you become a member of the body of Christ, global, capital C, spiritual. Absolutely, the Holy, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit. You're a member of the body of Christ, global. But the, the New Testament does not know of Christians who are not also belonging to a local body of, of Christians. I mean, that's just, it's just an assumption in the New Testament is that you are um, a part of a local church and you know who the leaders are and you're submitting to them and you are giving and you are serving and you are taking mutual responsibility for the spiritual welfare of those within the community. Can that be done as an attender? Sure, to some degree it can. Can it be done better by a public I'm I'm here. You can count on me. Absolutely. I believe it can be done better. So, all right, let's turn to this. Mike, if I choose to just remain an attender, am I going to miss out on anything? Right? So let's talk about that. What will I, so here's what I did. I said, okay, what will I miss out on if I don't become a member of Clearwater Church? So I have five things. Some of these will be more compelling to you than others. Number one, uh, I can't become an elder. Most of you are like, I don't care. Uh, so now we're talking about, are there leadership positions that uh, require me to be a member? Elder, yes. Pastor, yes. Uh, as of now, we haven't identified any others. You know, journey group leader, Sunday school teacher, youth. Hey, as, as long as you have high conduct, high uh, moral living, you know, your high Christian conduct, awesome, you're welcome. All right, so that might not be too compelling. Number two, well, I have no vote. 
We'll have an annual church me- uh, meeting, and uh, you won't get to, if you're not a member, you, you know, your vote doesn't count. You can write whatever you want to down, but we're just not going to count it. <laughs> Number three. Now, this is a big one. What will I miss out on? Number three. Leadership will not feel as responsible for my soul. As responsible is the key word. So, you know, elders, they feel the weight of, I have to give an account to God for the people under my care. Who are they? Well, it's the people who have said, hey, I consider this my church. I'm here. I want you to be helping me win spiritually. I'm going to commit myself to you. You commit yourself back to me. Those are the people that the elders feel the burden for. And so members are obviously going to get a, a, a greater level of, of care. You want that, right, in your life. You want that. So would you get care? Sure you would. Would you get as good a care? I don't think so. Number four, others won't know they can count on me. This is a big deal too. <clears throat> How encouraging it is to the church when somebody else says, I'm joining you. I'm, I have made a decision that Clearwater Church is my church. I'm committed to giving and serving. I'm, I, I, I'm inviting you to speak into my life. I'm going to speak into your life. I'm in this great mission with you. This is my community. You can count on me. What does that do to the rest of our hearts? That encourages us, right? Oh, awesome. Another shoulder to lean into the cause. Another person I can, I can go to and rely on and, and ask for help. Hey, uh, we are definitely called to encourage the body of Christ, right? Here's a big opportunity to encourage. And so I would miss out on that. Can, can, you know, I was thinking, what's an illustration? So I thought, okay, so the guy and the girl are dating. And the girl's pretty sure that he, that he likes her because he keeps asking her out and tries to hold her hand. Never kisses her, right? Because we don't want to do that. Not until you're married. Um, and so she's like, and he looks longing, you know, deeply into my eyes. Longingly, probably. Looks deeply into my eyes. I think he, I'm pretty sure that he's, you know, for me and with me. And, but you don't know until he says, I want to marry you. Let's go to the altar together. Right? The, the relationship dynamic changes. And I think there's this, it, that happens in the church. You attend, you give, you serve. Uh, and so it's, hey, thank you, but there's a, there's a dynamic change, certainly in the hearts of, of, of uh, the leadership when you, you go formal and say, I'm joining this church. I, wa- I, I, I want to be a member right here. You can count on me. That's awesome. All right, final thing I miss out on if I don't join Clearwater Church. I miss the motivation that comes from publicly declaring myself committed. All right, let's pause for a moment. There are a lot of organizations I choose not to join, purposely. Uh, Especially if I'm allowed to benefit from them without having to obligate myself to them. I don't want to join, because as soon as I join, there's pressure. As soon as I join, there are obligations. As soon as I join, other people think they can ask me to do stuff. I don't want that. Come on, right? 
And so I choose, I don't, I'm not a member of many organizations at all, because I don't want that. My life is busy, and so is yours. But I want that pressure as a Christian. You become a member of Clearwater Church, and all of a sudden there are expectations, and all of a sudden there are, there are obligations, and all of a sudden there is pressure. That, but that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Because we want, uh, we know that, that it's so easy to get distracted with our time and our energy and our attention and our affections off of the church, off of the things, uh, the kingdom that God is building on earth, well, off of what's important. We know that we are easily distracted. So if you really want to win spiritually, right? If you, want, if you want to have the greatest impact you can have possibly as a Christian, you want a little pressure. I want other people saying, hey, uh, I've got some, we've got some needs uh, as a church, and hey, you're a member, would you be willing to, to help out here? Or hey, you know, things are a little tight financially, or we have this idea as a church, would you be willing to dig a little deeper in your pocket uh, to help fund this ministry? I haven't seen you for like three weeks. What are you doing? Uh, we need you around here. Do you, you realize how encouraging it is when you come? I mean, I want to see your smiling face. That pressure, that's not a bad thing. That actually can help, help hold you, uh, keep you focused on, on the things that are most important, right? Final point. Here's the way I think of this. Uh, I don't want, I want every, I want my name on the rolls of the only organization that God says he's building on earth. There's only one organization that God says he's building and it's the church, Right? And yes, we know that that's the global sea spiritual church, but it also includes the tangible uh, local expressions of that, the local churches throughout the world. And, the, and when the local churches uh, grow and when they are thriving, we know that that translates into the big C church thriving. And so if somebody comes... Uh, to me and says, you know, hey, Mike, are you a member of a church? And I say, I am a member of the body of Christ. And they're like, uh-huh. Do you go to, like, are you a member of, like, any kind of a church? Well, I attend a couple of different churches. I, I really like this preaching over here, and I love the worship over here, and, and, and I attend a few different churches. So you're not a member of a church anyway. Not like a formal member or anything, but, you know, I, I'm committed and so the non-Christian's trying to parse this out, right? As opposed to, uh, hey, Mike, are you like a member of a church or anything? Oh, yeah. I'm a member of Clearwater Church. Been there for, you know, I guess for me, three years. I love it. I'm there every Sunday or most Sundays, except for when I'm doing all these other things. And uh, I give there. I serve there. You ought to come. What does that say to them? What are they going, you know, what are they are going to understand about your uh, who you are and what you value and, and what you're committed to. So I want, I want everybody to know <laughs> that I am a member of the only organization God is building here on earth. 